When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. Good afternoon. This is Lock and Load, and uh, we're going to start the day off with Super Dave Harrington from Combat Speed LLC. How you doing, sir? All right, just fine, Mr. Bill. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, there were some, uh, and some of the feedback I got, a lot of people were interested in the gear that we were talking about. And uh, you had made a very, when we were discussing this, you made a very good point that um, for somebody like you, it basically works down to when you find some piece of gear that works, if it continues to work, you don't go out there and say, I wonder what the new thing is, right? I mean, if it if it works, why fix it, right? Exactly. I mean, if I find that piece of gear that satisfies a specific need on my part, why change it after I find it? it, it regardless of how old it is, now as long as it can be maintained and, you know, right. maintain serviceability, Right, that's fine. But you've always got to expect life cycle replacement, which I kind of do up front. So when I identify or stumble onto or even, you know, somebody gives me a heads up on a good piece of gear, which happens more often than not because I really don't consider myself a gear guy. Right. Um, and let me explain that a little bit. Um, I, I don't, I'm not the gear guy in the sense that I can tell you the difference between model X, Y, Z and ABC. Right. You know what I mean? I do. Other than the letters, but, um, I can tell whether that's a good piece of gear based on whether it works or not, or if it's going to satisfy that niche requirement and do it well. Otherwise, I get rid of it. I find what's worked. And having said that, when you find what works and satisfy, even if it's uh, something a little uh, quirky, yeah. you know, just based on your physiology, you know, you maybe your um, your hands are just a little small, so you you want to tweak the piece of gear a little bit. Well, there's uh, got to keep in mind there's a lot of custom manufacturers out there as well, or manufacturers that have their own skunk works kind of you know deal where they will ask you 
what it is you want, and then they will produce it. Or a field, a field expedient modification as well, or field, uh, yeah. There, there's a exactly. lot of ways to make it work, and and I, I get what well, you're saying. Well, there's a lot of um, the uh, might like back in the day. You know what I consider good gear is uh, Mayflower, but a lot of the Mayflower gear that I have was you know tweaked, personally tweaked, like I just stated, but um, twenty years ago. Right. So I, I'm not really sure where they're at now, but I've not had the need. Or new or different gear, right? Or even better gear, because one, they're well within life cycle replacement, and two, they still work for what I need to do. Now, something that you always need to take into consideration, uh, and this is on the high end of the scale. When, well, let's just say on the high end of the scale uh, is one perception one way of looking at it. Right. You don't want to get lazy in respect to your training and conditioning. Now, you can evolve. There are elements, and I'll give you an example, like a holster. There are elements to a holster that would support um, an entry-level person in respect to giving them and providing what they need to learn how to, you know, execute cleanly, so to speak, the draw stroke. Whereas a more advanced holster that would allow an advanced practitioner to maybe blend their actions a little quicker and go that route. You understand what I'm saying? I do kind of like the difference between a, a work holster and an epic holster um, or a USPSA holster. Anyway, your skills can evolve beyond your gear. So you always want to keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, if your gear works all the time, is that an indicator that you're being lazy and you're kind of hit a plateau right. as far as your training and conditioning is concerned? Or, you know, is it still working for you because you're applying yourself the best you can at every opportunity? Is that, did you follow me on that? I no. did. I, I mean, I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm biking 10 miles a day, and I'm about to start biking on my stationary bike with, my, right. with a plate carrier on, with plates. Add a little weight to it and make me engage. The the difference between riding a bike on a stationary bike and riding a real bike is you're not engaging your core as much as you do on a real bike. Right. It's kind of bland. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little weight up top and see if that helps me engage the core. Because right now I can pedal. Well, huh? I would expect it to... Engage the core. Force you to engage your core because if it's not, you're going to flip like a flapjack right off that bike. That's right. So that's that's the that's the that's the latest step. I've I've been on a diet. I've been uh, yesterday. I went in and got checked by the doctor that's overseeing the diet, and I I gained two pounds, but I went down an inch and a half, and that's all because it's now the what I'm gaining now is muscle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm working to that. Huh? 
Are you trying to lose weight, like overall weight? or? Well, I've lost overall weight. I've lost 37 pounds. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. But the hazard is uh, when you start, uh, you know, what point do you start managing your actual muscle mass with your whatever fat content, whatever? Well, what I'm doing, this diet, and I'll try to get it real quick. So what I do is I manage the food I'm eating, and I know exactly how many grams of protein and fat and carbohydrate I'm taking in. And I try to I try to set it up, and this this diet has been directed at actually changing my uh, the way I burn things. uh, You know, my well, what I was thinking about was uh, body mass index. Body mass index. My 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 percentage of body fat has gone down eight percent. Very good. Yeah, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it to the end that you talk about, and I'm uh, I'm about to because I've never trained with a plate carrier and if this other stuff before because that wasn't what I was issued when I was in the military. Right. I have one though, and I, I think I'm going to use it for a different purpose at least right now. It'll have a few magazines in it and everything. Just add a little weight to it and see how it goes and. It'll be more than an Instagram moment, so I can sit there and say, "Yeah, I ride the bike with a plate carrier on." But then, if I master that, what's after that? I just don't know. But yeah, I'm going to be using I'm going to be using the gear as I'm kind of thinking if I can ride a bike with 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 a plate carrier on, I should be able to get out on the range. But before you answer that. Going, we're heading into the first break. Uh, Super Dave, you can find him <clears throat> on Facebook at Dave Harrington. You can find him on, on his commercial page, which is Super Dave Harrington. You can find him on Instagram at sdave underscore Harrington, and you can find him on YouTube at Super Dave Harrington. And all that stuff is you. You might find a guitar riff. You might find a way to take care of your cat. You might find a shooting lesson. Because Dave is sort of a multifaceted sort of dude. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Talking to Super Dave Harrington from Combat Speed LLC, and uh, we, I was just talking about. I think maybe if I bicycle with my plate carrier on, that might mean I should, could start training with that. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, anything that you do to improve your, you know, physical fitness is going to improve your uh, ability to train. You know, your physical conditioning. You know, a lot of people take it for granted, but your physical conditioning is going to determine how long you can carry the fight. Right. It's that simple. And if you, you fight for only as good a shape you're in to do it. Right. The other thing about conditioning is if you're going to be involved in something like that, you will be carrying some stuff. You'll be carrying a load. So you have to be able to both you know, carry the load and fight at the same time. And uh, that's 
That's a little bit of a tightrope. That's why it's a young man's game. Now, you recently went out with a bunch of rangers for 48 hours. How long ago was that? Uh, that's been approximately about two years now, yeah. I believe. Um, year and a half, two years ago. And, I mean, you did that. Um, as, were you in your 60s when you did that already? Yeah, I was. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just turned 60. It was uh, November of... Um, 2021 and it was uh, an American Stories episode and it wound up being a three-man team of former Spec Ops guys and a former team of civilians that was predominantly made up of one civilian action guy and a couple of uh, well one former Ranger and I can't remember what the other dude what his background was, but he was a very stout competitor. He was very well balanced, had excellent skills across the board. And, um, of course there was, you know, several decades between us, me being the oldest dude present. But the way it shook out is, um, I knew going in, you know, I was a little in over my head, <laughs> but, um, when I got the phone call, it was like, how can you say no? You know, you, hey, man, we've got this gig. You're going to go in blind. And, you know, it could the event could take place and last for up to 72 hours. What do you think? I'm in. You know, tell me where, uh, give me a date time group and where I need to be and I'll be there. And that's what it turned into, man. This um, TV episode, they filmed everything. We did a bunch of different um, outdoor events. It was kind of a survival thing. Uh, Dawn Mann, former Navy SEAL, um, haunted the whole thing. And I'll, I could tell you more about it, but check it out, man. It's uh, it's available on YouTube and uh, it's um, it's a good. They've released I don't know how many episodes they turned it into, but uh, they've released several episodes already. They're out there. They're available. Um, but it was uh, it turned out to be uh, forty. I think it was like forty nine hours. But um, it was a good gig. Now, when you, when you were doing that, were you geared up? Did you have a rucksack, load-bearing equipment? What did you have? No, we had – it was more along the lines of uh, straight uh, survivalist-type scenario. Okay. Where they – you actually stumbled onto or were given the minimal um, stuff to work with for whatever the scenario required. And then basically the basic structure was the two teams competed against one another individually and collectively for points. And, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And at first, you know, the natural competitiveness was present in everyone and it provided an edge. But as time passed, and sleep deprivation set in, and hunger sets in, 
uh, the competitiveness gets broken down into more of a mutual, hey, let's, you know, suck it up and get through this so we can get some sleep and get something to eat. Uh, teamwork kind of a event. It, it worked out really well. Uh, the Young Bucks smoke was pretty good, but uh, we all had a good time doing it. The um, Our team name turned out to be, uh, uh, watch me, uh, watch me forget, the uh, Space Cowboys, because when they first... Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. I get, I get the reference. <laughs> yeah, when they first... Uh, Come up and said, "Hey man, you guys got to come up with a team name." And that was the first thing that hit me, man. Was uh, you know them calling up all the old dudes to, you know, go rescue the young bucks. And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds like some space cowboys thing." And uh, they liked it, so it stopped. But uh, yeah, that was that's been uh, quite a while ago. And come to find out, the funny, well, I should. I shouldn't say funny, but funny now, haha, hindsight being 2020, I realized that I was, uh, my heart was in AFib the entire time uh, during the filming of that gig. And for some months afterwards, um, you know, I, I just felt a little off. I knew something wasn't right. But, you know, you suck it up and you drive on, but things that you find out later, kind of like, whoa, okay, no wonder. But that's all, you know, that was all part of that wondering what was going on in me or going on with me. Right. You know, it's it's almost like you're your own worst enemy when, when you have that uh, mental discipline. Is it mental discipline to drive on? Or is it uh, being a tough guy and crossing the the hard and the stupid line? You know what I mean? Because it, the it's always been a saying. You know, it's a fine line between being hard and being stupid. Well, but in, with, in, uh, in the military sense, you know, when you go out there and you've got a mission, I think that has more to do with focus than being hard. No, I, under, I understand, but. It's also a way with uh, trying to make sense out of not going to the doctor when you should have gone to the doctor. Right. And right. just tell them, hey, man, you know, something's wrong with me. I don't know what. It's your job to figure that out. I just know something's wrong with me. You know, and well, see what happens. Hang on for me, if you will. We're coming up on the uh, next break. Super Dave, you can find him. When uh, At some point, CombatSpeed.com will be up and running again, if it isn't already. And when that happens, you know, just keep checking, because as soon as it goes back live, that will mean he's he's back in the game, and he has come as far as he's got to go before he can get back into teaching, which should all of us should want to take a Super Dave class. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. seen just about every corner of this country three million miles in my career i spend a lot of hours on the road but i love being my own boss the road can be a beautiful place 
but you're out here on your own, there certainly are risks. I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver, a husband, and a father. And that's why I choose federal. When it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearms needs. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision, welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. No such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate at Staccato. We know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confident that you are carrying the best gun in a gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality Built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. 
What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Welcome back. Talking to Super Dave Harrington. We're talking a little bit about fitness. We're talking a little bit about gear. Now, with you, now, for example, when when I was in the military, the first set of BDUs they 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 issued, and they issued these at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, was the temperate BDUs, which were sort of like a middleweight as far as the 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 the, the fabric they were made out of. But right. later, while I was in it, they changed over the design of the uniform and went to a ripstop material, which was lighter, and it, it dried easier and everything else. And the, the uniform evolved two or three times while I was still in the military. Now, as far as the way it is now, um, looking at it, I don't even know if they, they even – I haven't even looked to see if they blouse their boots. I know nobody wears black boots. I don't see anybody wearing black boots anymore. As far as what you think about when, when when you were with these rangers, when you were doing this 49-hour 40, thing in a team setting, what kind of stuff were you wearing? Were you wearing like uh, some some lightweight ripstop stuff to uh, make it easier to move about and dry out and wick and all that other stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. We had a um, we had a packing list. We had a baseline packing list. We had to go buy, and um, <clears throat> I flat out. Uh, purchase some light tan tops and bottoms, you know, just basic military rip stop. Um, the one thing uh, I'm actually wearing the boots, uh, the Under Armour boots that I purchased for that gig, right? Um, they managed to hold up extremely well. Um, but you know, the, the clothing. The one thing that you want to make absolutely sure about any clothing that you purchase is not just the material that it's made out of to balance the weather conditions that you're going to be exposed to, but does the way they're built or made allow you full range of motion? And that is in direct support of moving or getting into difficult firing positions. And just as importantly, if not more importantly, being able to get out of them in a timely manner. So you're saying it should be loose. 
Well, they don't necessarily have to be loose. Uh, for example, if you if you have um, take a pair of BDU bottoms that do not have a gusset, right, right, and then you take a pair of uh, a same size BDU pant that has an a more than adequate gusset, you know, and a, a, a big one, and like you would find in a pair of martial arts pants and the range of motion and freedom of movement is huge. The difference is huge. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Between the two. And it's really hard to find uh, unless you have them made that type of garment. Right. I've always thought but you wanted you wanted to have the and and one thing that uh, I I always point out with people is like with the top right you want a top with long sleeves I've always thought because I and I'm sure you have too you've gone through brush haven't you Oh yeah absolutely but you always want to have long sleeves and you always want to wear them down and you always want to you know wear the stuff buttoned up because of secondary projectiles that get generated and uh, hot brass generating, you know, you know, generated hot brass around you. That you know, was, SOP, yeah. Uh, baseline SOP is uh, gloves. You know, you had we, you know, worked in gloves, white gloves, for the best of time, but uh, you know they. Kind of wore out easily, but uh, you know that whole evolution in gloves. Look at how far gloves have come nowadays. Um, uh, there's dead gum plethora of gloves out there to choose from, right? And there's a lot of good gloves out there to choose from. And the thing about gear, the one thing that you can always bank on in respect to gear is you can always speak. To gear, there will always be probably heated discussions over gear, kit and equipment, how to use it, blah blah blah. Because there really is no answer. The formula continues to change. It's infinitely changing constantly. But, you know, right along with the evolution of warfare, the requirements in respect to the kit and equipment that you fight it with changes. You see what I mean? I do. Now, some in some respects, on some levels, there'll be some common threads. But if things don't evolve, you know, you get left behind. But even generated thought and not agreeing is I see it as a positive because you're actually thinking and discussing it. You understand what I'm saying? I do. <clears throat> you don't have to be right all the time to have drawn a positive conclusion out of the conversation. You understand what I mean? Yes. The, um, but kit and equipment will, you know, any, reference to kit and equipment 
and the development of kit equipment is uh, vital because that can only come from the development of uh, war fighting itself. You understand what I mean? Oh, yeah. How can I better fight, therefore, what am I going to need to fight it with? That's how uh, gear gets developed. So I dig it. You know, I dig on the the R&D that goes into it, uh, getting into discussions. Uh, I'm very curious to entertain people's thought processes on, you know, what they see, think, and feel about a piece of gear. You know, when somebody says, hey, man, I'm working on this, I get kind of like give them the EF Hutton treatment. You know what I mean? Right. I instantly give them my ear and, hey, let's see what you got to say, man. Um, And, you know, you'll hear, it's just like anything else. You know, you might hear something a thousand times and you hear that one golden nugget that's, you know, actually a very unique and individualized idea that is a solution because it'll work for 90% of the folks out there. So you got to look at percentages too. On a good piece of gear, a good piece of gear will probably work for about 80% of the people out there. And that's just my estimation. Um, there's always going to be, you know, the left-handed cross-dominant little hand person out there small hands person out there um and what i'd like and seen lately in the training realm if i shift gears on you real quick is well hold up hold up we got last break Last break. All right, go ahead. Get into the training realm in just a second. I got a few questions I want to ask before we run out of time in the last segment, too. But right. uh, Super Dave Harrington, you can find him on Facebook at uh, Dave Harrington. Also on Facebook at Super Dave Harrington. On YouTube at Super Dave Harrington. On Instagram at Dave underscore Harrington. Check him out. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Talking to Super Dave Harrington from Combat Speed LLC. We've been talking about gear. You were about to talk about training. Go ahead and get that because I got a couple of quick questions to ask you. Yeah, go ahead, man. Because um, what I was going to speak to was going to take a little bit. Well, what I was going to say is with 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 gear, it all it will all come down to. I think it comes down to some fundamental pieces, but it, as far as which one is the best one. That's sort of an individualized thing, right? You got to take it and it's either going to have to work with you individually or it's going to have to be in a position for you to modify it enough to work with you individually, right? 
Right. Well, I apologize for not making that point absolutely clear. That is the one unique aspect about kit and equipment, period, is it is totally an individualized thing or should be. Uh, even in your mid to large level organizations, uh, the individual, now we're talking individual warfighters or I'm talking, you know, the guys on the tip of the spear. They should have carte blanche when it comes to setting up their kit and equipment in respect to what they see, think, and feel that they need to carry their job 100% the way they need to do it based on what God gave them to do it with. You know what I mean? Right. Now, understanding there is protocol and guidelines that in some respects must be adhered to, but there's always the requisite flexibility allowed to maneuver. But, you know, get the gear set up as it needs to be done. You know, I think one of the the beauty of the military when I was in it, with one exception, the beauty of the military when I was in it was like, the LBE was such a simple piece, it worked with everybody. You could jank, you could mess with the configuration, you could wear it high, you could wear it low, it didn't really matter. And, uh, that, that, that kind of thing worked. And the only thing I would change if I could go back in time to the gear that I was running, it would be the boots, without a doubt. What do you think? The boots are like, I don't, I don't understand why they never put more thought into it in the first place because, you know, the obvious issue being, you know, how does an army travel? Well, on its feet. And that's been the historical way it's been done since the dawn of time. Right. And yet, look at the, uh, it's only been until recent, and you can say in the last 15 to 20 years, that the military is finally kind of taking a serious look at the footgear and improved it to where it actually, you know, you're not going to have the types of issues that you've had in the past. I mean, I'm, I myself have had to have uh, my right Achilles reconstructed right uh, from a, a syndrome directly caused by marching. Uh, I can't remember the name of the syndrome, but it's basically repeated heel strikes right. of my right heel caused a spear-like bone spur to grow on my heel bone that eventually got to the point where it split my Achilles <laughs> tendon. Yeah. And then it had to be addressed. But it's caused by marching because what do you do when you march? You drop that right foot, right? right. Drop that right heel. And uh, anyway, blah, blah, blah. 
The uh, you know, if I'd only known. Well, I mean the the boots. So like I had I, I had a pair of those uh, Under Armour boots you're talking about, and now I've actually found a pair of Adidas boots that are really good as far as movement. I haven't got them wet yet to see how good they dry or how how good they drain or anything. Right. But I, as far as walking around in them, I really wish I'd had those back in the eighties. I really do. Right. Well, you know that's a, it's funny that you said you hadn't got them wet yet because from a standpoint of breaking in a pair of boots, that's the first thing I do yeah. is get them soaking wet. Well, you got to because one way or the other, that's going to happen. I mean, there's nothing like getting up in the early morning in the Black Forest where it's a boreal forest as well. And then you get up and you start moving. And it hasn't rained, but the dew soaks you from your knees down right? as you're moving around. So you're going to get wet one way or the other, or it's going to rain, or it's going to snow. And uh, dampness and coldness is your big enemy. So you gotta you got to wear stuff accordingly that's going to keep you dry. And and warmer, so haven't tried them on that yet, but they are good training boots anyway. Good. Beyond that, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, if somebody gave me an Alice pack and an LBE and an old set of BDUs that actually fit me right now, I'd be happy to go off and do something with that on. That'd be good. Can't find any. I, I've been looking all over for a, a modern. LBE, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure there's one out there. I just haven't got to it yet. You know, I um, the only thing that I think in respect to in response to your modern LBE, yeah, the first thing in my mind's eye that I saw was a vest. I kind of considered considered that to be the modern LBE. Remember when they came out with a vest? Yeah, well, I've seen them. They attach every, the mesh vest. Yeah. They attach everything to the vest. Um, they're too hot, man. I mean, if you think about it, even um, nothing breathed like an LBE because, you know, they, the way they were configured and would allow air pass through even the vest even with the mesh that allows you to tack so much stuff onto it it still holds it close to your body you understand what i'm saying right and it doesn't breathe as well you got to remember you know sweating is a good thing um but you got to be able to breathe too your body's got to be able to breathe Airflow, and that's why that's why the BDU doesn't tuck in, and that's why when it gets too hot, you unblouse your boots. You're letting air come up in the uniform, and all those. And those are all things you got to you got to figure out. Right. All things you got to figure out. So I'm, you know, the gear end of it, <clears throat> while it has evolved and gotten better, um, I don't think that that necessarily disqualifies the stuff that was old that just never. I mean, that stuff's still good today. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've carried an Alice pack with. If I could find an Alice pack on a frame, I'd be in. I'd be in. That would be my pack. And I yeah, have. I would not say that it, uh, a new piece of gear 
just automatically cancels the validity of an old piece of gear. Um, it may simply be because you like the old piece of gear from a nostalgic standpoint. Yeah. Is the only reason you continue to use it. That makes it valid to you. See, that's another example of the uniqueness of the gear concept, the whole, the whole thing. It doesn't matter. It, it can gear kit and equipment can be anything to anyone because they're the one that is using it for whatever reason. You see what I mean? I do. And we are running out of time. Cool. So, Super Dave Harrington. Always good to always good to chew the philosophical fat with him and the talk the details because um, some of this stuff, the fundamentals are always going to be the same and they're going to be fundamental. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Thank you for having me, Mr. Bill. Yes, sir. Hour number two is coming up. We're going to talk to Todd Jarrett from. Uh, I guess we're going to talk staccato for a minute because Todd is the staccato, one of the staccato. Uh, I guess pros. In any event, we'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 